This is Horns Up. I'm Animesh. And I'm Peter. And we are discussing Finnish death metal on the podcast today, courtesy of a book called Rotting Waste to Misery, The Story of Finnish Death Metal. It's authored by Marcus McConnell and Kim Stromsholm, who we also know as Kenna. Now, what's interesting about this book is that the it exists in the first place. That's what's most interesting about it. Secondly, it's one of the most comprehensive books I've ever read, uh, even though I've only read two chapters of it so far. It's more detailed than your favorite encyclopedia. And of course, that's possible because between them, Marcus and Kim or Kenna have done over 600 interviews to put this thing together. Isn't that cool, Peter? Yeah, man. I can't believe the amount of uh, research they've done. And in the last few years that I know Marcus, because both of us write for uh, the same website, The Metal Wanderlust, uh, he's been working on it, I believe, for the last five years. So that's quite a lot of work, to be honest. Yeah, this is truly a labor of love. And while both of us haven't really read the whole thing, I'm sure it'll make for an excellent week or two weeks long or even a month long work of reading because if you really were to internalize it, it would be like studying for a proper history exam. Yeah, I don't think it's anything short of that. Exactly. Well, anyways, here's the chat. Mind you, the internet was acting a bit funny and so it's a bit patchy at times. But still, here we fucking go. And I'd like to welcome all the way from Finland on Horns Up, we've got Marcus and Kina. Now, since we're an audio podcast, could you introduce yourselves uh, to our listeners so they know who's talking? All right. Uh, this is Marcus. Glad to be part of the you know, Horns Up podcast. Kina or Kim, the, my real name is Kim, but all, all the fuckers call me Kina. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm the, doing this finish. Definitely book with Marcus. Been doing this for way too many years, <laughs> and now the fucking shit is done. Yes. So of, of course, now the the very first question is how do how do the two of you know each other, and um, do you guys remember the first time that you met each other, right? So we'll first let Kim or Kina answer this question, and then. Okay. We'll get Marcus to answer the same question too. I was actually starting a book about Finnish death metal maybe five years ago, and uh, I was working on it for a couple of years. And then someone said to me that there was another guy working on the same fucking topic. And then I heard it was Marcus, and I know Marcus from from his previous band, not as a best friend but from uh, from a distance and then we hooked up together and said hey we are working on the same fucking project why not bring the shit together instead of doing two separate projects and that's pretty much the way we just hooked up together and collaborated and started to do the thing together it's not a big thing but uh, instead of having two different approaches on different perspectives from the same genre it was easily or better to do together okay marcus is what kim said absolutely true well um i started you know working on the book like maybe five years ago before i waited for 
10 years, you know, somebody just started out, but nobody did. So, well, you know, some, sometimes you have to do it all by yourself. And then uh, around 2017, uh, Kim contacted me about it and asked me uh, if I was doing the book of the topic. And then uh, we talked that maybe it would make a lot more sense, you know, join forces. And then, uh, well, uh, I remember Kim from, you know, and Ocean State, and he, they played my town in, in 1998. But wow. We didn't talk, but, you know, I went to the show, and it was very rare because I live in a central Finland, very, especially in the 90s, you didn't get too many shows. So it was a big thing, you know, and Ocean's and Barra from coming over, you know. But. So uh, during the last three, three, four years, we've been basically hours and hours on the phone, you know, talking about how the book should be done. And then uh, we ended up forwarding in a way that Kim did most of the interviewing part because he basically knows everybody because he's been around so since like late 80s. And then uh, so he did the interviewing and then we collected the material and uh, talked about the ways the book should go but yeah that's more or less how it went how crazy is that wow First, you saw him play in 1998 and what 22 years later you guys are doing a book together we are that's almost a- married <laughs> yep that's pretty crazy <laughs> almost. I, I love that line. <laughs> but- i actually talk a lot more in phone with kin than i talk in a phone with my wife so <laughs> Yeah, that's what happens when you're in a band or writing a book together. True, true. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, you guys talked about the book, which is uh, Rotting Way to Misery, the history of Finnish death metal, and it's out in a couple of days. But, you know, there's a lot to chat about the book, but I was very curious to know about your origins. I mean, both of you have played in bands, right? So let, let's start off with Marcus. How did you get into metal and what was the first band that you heard? My first uh, official album I bought was a tape of Alice Cooper's Hey Stupid. And that was, you know, long time ago. But uh, from there on, I ventured, you know, to listen a little bit of electronic music. And from punk, it went to thrash metal. And from Sepultura, it was already quite close to Morbid Angel. So it, it went more like, yeah, so evolution of a teenage uh, music enthusiast in a way. So uh, you just kind of like find another thing and uh, then you find a new thing. And it just like kept going and going until, you know, I was annoying my parents with Napalm Death, basically. And, and, and what about you, uh, Kenna? What was the first metal band you heard? I think the first metal band was actually back in maybe late mid 80s with Wasp and Kiss. Nice. Fuck yes. And awesome. I already, I already love you. <laughs> I was more into Wasp because of, they were more satanic and more evil in a way. <laughs> uh, and actually, 
Blackie Lowell is one of the best singers in the world, still. Yep, that he is. Um, I love his voice. And after that, it was more into Possessed, Bathory, Sarcophago, and of course, Beherit and Archgoat, and from that to Impel Nazarene, and so on, so on. But the first thing with the, the first touch with the actual metal was actually, I think it was Wasp. Of course, I like, I like a lot of heavy metal, quite Riot, and even like Striper. But uh, I think first touch was Wasp. It's, uh, Black and Lawless was like, you know, with his all his chains and his fucking blades and shit. And the first video, 84, was like, um, I was maybe 13 or something. It was like, ah, oh, can it get any better than this? <laughs> of course. Then came Bathory. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it started from Wasp, I think. Okay. And all right, that's fair, right? Like the, the not weird actually. That's actually commonplace. The first metal acts you heard were both American artists. What yeah. was the first uh, Finnish metal band that you guys ever heard, Kenna? Stone. Okay, and how long ago was that? Do you remember that story? Uh, they played in the same town where I lived at that moment, and. There was a really uh, popular band in the same town at the same time. Everyone was going to the other band, Dingo. That band was called Dingo. Everyone's going there, but Stone had a gig at the same time in a uh, small venue. It was late, maybe 88 or something, 87. And Stone was playing there, and there was me and our guitarist, Kutarist, as Asasel says. Uh, and our guitar player and me were the only one going to that show. The rest of the fucking guys were into Dingo. Some kind of 80s, you know, uh, what kind of disco, I don't know, it's not disco, but it's 80s shit. It's not metal. It's not metal. But Stone was the only one with uh, real, you know, metal guitars and mosh pitting. And that was the point that where we had to go. And it pretty much started from that. Okay. Marcus, what about you? Remember the first Finnish metal act that you ever saw there? I uh, first I went to see a lot in mid nineties. I went to see Finnish punk bands a lot because uh, there I was still living a punk phase in my life, you know, in mid nineties. But as far as metal goes, I think first one I saw once again when I I was living here, it's like in the remote areas of Finland at the time too. And then uh, first bands that came here. It probably, I think Sentence was maybe the first I saw. And then, and then there were bands like Valtari and Amorphis. They played quite a many shows in Finland in the mid 90s. So I, I say, I say Sentence were the first ones I saw live. 
Okay, so so here's a question, and Peter and I would both uh, kind of uh, we would attest to this. Um, we were introduced to heavy metal by American artists or European artists too, and you know when we first both of us kind of agree that the first time when you see your own flesh and blood as such in terms of region, right? So the first time we saw an Indian band play live, our minds were just like collectively blown away that holy shit, there are people here that play the same music that I like. Yeah. Right? Was that something right. that went through your heads the first time you saw metal exist in Finland beyond your own bedrooms and beyond your own friend circle? No. I was grown up with uh, punk and hardcore Actually, I started with uh, metal music when I was 12. And before that, I had a lot of punk friends who were actually like three, four years older than me. And I knew Chaos, uh, Chaos, Rattus, and bands like that. And But I was more into, actually, when I got more into, when the, maybe into 12, 13 years old, I started to like, like those uh, more heavy metal guitars instead of these uh, two chord approaches into punk music. And when the metal thing started to approach more into this kind of Venom thing, like Bathory and Venom and Possessed, Hellhammer, I was like, oh, fuck, man, this is my thing. Mm. But I've always been appreciating music from different kind of perspectives. And I like the uh, punk attitude. I still love it more than black metal. And if you think about black metal nowadays, it's becoming more punk than black metal in mid 90s bands and um, amorphous they were really important because uh, they had this kind of a world-class sound and production and songs you know not just like sounding like demos like most of the stuff from finland did in those days so uh in a way you know actually you know hearing really solid bands like that from Finland, you know, of course it inspires you, you know, and then uh, it made us, you know, to start our first bands in mid nineties, you know, the example shown by Sentence and Amorphis, basically. I think uh, Kina, let's, uh, you should take this because you were talking about having the idea of uh, the book, right? So why does a book on Finnish death metal need to exist? <laughs> no one has ever written anything about Finnish death metal. Uh, uh, Finnish death metal has always been sidelined side by Swedish death metal. And as everyone knows, uh, Swedish death metal is pretty much the, you know, high scale thing about death metal. Everything, everyone talks about dismember entombed blah 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 but in Finland we actually we, we didn't have any really high points in death metal 
when death metal was coming into the phase of becoming a big thing, it faded away. Yeah. We had a peak for a, like a, maybe a year. And then everyone was fucking playing grunge or rock and roll yeah. of those uh, death metal bands. We had a couple of good ones in grindcore and death metal in the beginning of late 80s, beginning of 90s, like Susma, Disgrace, Aberrance, and maybe 20 more. But it faded away pretty fast because Sweden was moving forward and Finland was not hooking up on that as fast as the Swedes did. In, uh, in Finland, we had a lot of bands, but they were not too much into that. Uh, they were taking it more like a hobby. But in Sweden, they took it as a job in a way. Not at that point, but they fucking more did it as a progressive way. In Finland, no. we were jamming. No, and it completely makes sense because, I mean, one of the early interviews we did was with uh, Alex from Entombed, and he was telling us about how they kind of went in, how they kind of came around that buzzsaw guitar sound. So I totally understand uh, where you're coming from. It doesn't mean that Finland was... Uh, of course, at the point, we were more like... A, minority in that point of sense in the genre itself but I think we had created at that point a certain sound that was not so familiar with the more Swedish USA sound which was more like a trend sound Mori sound Googsbury sound or something like that. We, we had just a couple of uh, producers that could maybe get about level itself to near point to it. But I think uh, afterwards we had more unique bands. That is very true in a way because uh, why Finnish book needs to you know, book about Finnish death metal needs to exist. It, it's because uh, Swedish bands went on forward, you know, very professional. They had quite professional looking covers from the very beginning. And, and uh, they used, you know, producers who knew how to make solid death metal, how to make it sound right and all that. But, and then, you know, they also maybe made their metal a bit more commercial in a way because uh, when <laughs> they were waiting this, for that. <laughs> yeah, the thing of, of uh, Swedish death metal sound, basically you hear it still today. You need to listen to five seconds of a band and then you basically know it's Swedish death metal. But the Finnish guys, on the other hand, you know, they wanted to, I think, you know, being individual was always a big thing. In, in early 90s Finnish scene, you know, it's like 
if there was a one band here that sounded like this, you know, the next guy didn't want to sound like that band because there was already a one band that sounded like that. So that resulted into a little bit, you know, a, a genre or a scene that is a little bit hard to describe, you know, or, or hard to promote as, as all the bands sounded a little bit different. Also, the song structures were more complicated. You know, there was also this almost artistic approach to lyrics, you know, with absurd topics, you know, and not just like basic, you know, oopsie, I mutilated my wife kind of a thing that Florida guys did. So, uh, so in any way, Finnish death metal was very underground. You know, the bands were promoted by uh, small labels because they were not seen as commercially, you know, capable, uh, capable, you know. So, and if somebody wants to read about a real underground phenomenon, the case with Finnish death metal, you know, so this might be you know, a good way to get into it, you know, to hear how it was done in, in, in the very underground levels of death metal in a society that was not equipped to such kind of a sound and topics and vocals especially. Uh, Sweden, it's like 20, 10 years before of us in Finland, mm -hmm. what comes to music and production. And we had more like this uh, DIY kind of thing. We wanted to do it the, uh, the way we wanted to do it instead of just breaking through. And Swedes actually got it pretty easily done because they, Swedes are pretty good musicians actually, and they just got that breakthrough very, like in, uh, you know, in uh, uh, Norwegian black metal scene, they just got it through doing the thing at their point at the time of the moment. And the same happened in Sweden. 15 years earlier, but Finns have maybe we are a bit slower in both yeah, in musicianship yeah. and in in the head. <laughs> so what's interesting is that both of you had yeah. a similar idea to wanting to write this book, but you didn't actually start writing the book together, right? Um, which would also then lead me to ask, when you guys did eventually meet. Did both of you have a different research technique or different research findings? And how did you guys marry your two researches together? No, that was pretty easily done because uh, we both had the same idea of doing the concept of the whole book. And uh, we kind of did a split what do you say, uh, co-workership on this, who would do, I was taking part of Finland and Marco was taking part of different parts of Finland and you take care of, care of this and I was taking the north and you would take the south and so forth. And okay. it, actually it was pretty, you know, our co uh, cooperation has been really, really easily done. That's fantastic. Because we have the same idea of how this uh, thing should be executed. We got the same goal, 
And uh, we both got a lot of ideas how we can do it just to get there. Okay. So between the two of you, how many interviews do you think you guys have done for this book? Too many. Put a number to it. How many, how, how much, how much of GB? In the book, we have maybe a hundred or something, but in the long run, I think there must be over 600. Oh, wow. wow. We're, we're talking with everyone, you know, yeah. producers, floor managers, uh, technical guys, band members, band members, ex-band members, blah, blah, blah. Overall, uh, maybe 600 or something. So, and so you, so, yeah. we have talked, you know, together in the bars and invited friends to come over and, but around 100 executed in the book. Wow. wow. So, so, so you have a lot of podcast material, really, if you think about it. <laughs> Yeah, I know their I know their girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, we we basically talk to most parts of the band, you know, that were active, and then we also also mention the demo band in the book. You know, I we try to be as thorough as possible. You know, so if after you have read the book. I think you know like 95% of the Finnish death metal bands that were around at that time. So, uh, uh, yeah. but yeah, but besides that, we talked to people who were playing death metal in that time in other countries as well and how they, you know, found out about Finnish death metal and what did they think of this band and that band. So yeah, definitely around 100 interviews or more as actual interviews and then of course you know you know talking about the book you know a lot of people but when you mentioned how we did it uh, we live 500 kilometers apart from each other but it's pretty easy you know with uh internet these days you know to you know all the text files we all know so now. fast you know and you can share pictures you can see that yeah, now. But I think the most exactly. important thing was actually, you know, talking on the phone. We we were just we spent hours and hours and hours on the phone, you know, talking about the structure and and, and uh, who we need to interview and, and also important. I could ask Kenna, you know, how it was back in the day. How did these guys? How did you guys do that on that time? And and uh, what did people think about that band around 1990? And that was really important. You know, it gave a lot of uh, inside perspective on the whole thing. And a point of difference, like, uh, Marcus is like uh, maybe 10, 15 years younger than me. Less than 10 years. <laughs> Less than 10 years. How good do I know you? <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, uh, we got to say, you know, from... Marcus is more into this. Um, he knows a lot of uh, more, more, more of these new new bands than I know, and I'm more into these eighties from eighty four, eighty nine, ninety two scale of bands, and I fucking hate everything that has come out since ninety three. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> there are good bands, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we get what you mean. Fuck off, man. Everything is shit after Blasphemy, Falling Angels of Doom. <laughs> yeah, yes, so between the two of you, you, you're actually like, you've covered um, almost everything right from the very beginning till right now, right? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, in, a, in a book, in a book, it's, uh, it's the timeline of the book. It's, it's from, first we talk about how the music scene in Finland was in the 80s before death metal happened. And in the early 80s, there actually wasn't even that much metal in Finland. You know, it was basically, if you wanted to hear something radical, it was hardcore. But, uh, but death metal timeline, it goes from the death trash bands of late 80s to from 1988, 1989, to basically to 1994, when Finnish death metal faded. Yeah all of the sudden and died away. So we wanted to tell a story how it rose really quickly, came to be, and then abruptly died, you know, after a couple of years. So we wanted to find out why this did happen, you know. When I started playing death metal in 1995, it was already dead and buried. And, and I wanted to know what had happened before that, you know, why there went, it's like after a, few months earlier, there were a lot of fans, but then there was nothing, you know, and then uh, we w really wanted to find out what happened in that point. You know, you guys did such a thorough research of sorts. Was there anything that you discovered or learned during this time that you just previously didn't know? Was there something that really surprised you? Uh, I think uh, one big thing that I noticed that how young everybody in the scene was in, in, in that time. Because, you know, the oldest guys in Finnish death metal were 20 years old. So, and then uh, guys like Sentence, when they did the first album, they were, you know, even able to buy alcohol or drive a car. So, basically everybody was, you know, everybody was kids. And then, uh, and this is also a big reason why, you know, the musical taste started, you know, to widen up and then, uh, you know, death metal was made the face of very young and, and, and uh, determined and how are they uncompromising people. When, they, when you're 18, when you're 17, you are kind of strict on your, you know, life perspective. You know, you don't compromise at all. But then when you grow up to be 23, 24, life is a whole lot different. Then you have to think about you know, work and in Finland you have to think about army and then your, uh, your families and all that. Yeah, exactly. That's the <laughs> point. And, and, uh, and this is what surprised me most was how young everybody was in those days. You know, so that, that I think that was my big, you know, heureka moment for the book. So, you know, this ties into the part where you talked about how everyone was really young, right? And, you know, uh, we've all been that age where you're uncompromising in your values and your things. So you talked about also the phase that everyone goes through once they get older. Now, looking back, because you're looking back at everything, you know, 15, 20 years later, were there any bands that, you know, you didn't get a chance to speak to or for some matter didn't want to be part of this book? Yeah, there are a couple of ones. 
no names speaking spoken but uh, some of guys were dead so of course it was impossible i think we have cover covered 99 percentage of the people we have wanted to talk with to, to talk to but there were a couple of guys uh, it would be ha it would have been nice to talk to them about their past and how death metal was a big impact in their life this is what we have and this is what we you get at this moment yeah. uh, of the actual scene maybe less than 10 people you know refused to be interviewed and that was mainly because they said i can't remember jack shit from those days you know so i think that was the big reason why they they didn't say you know i don't want to be part of this but they basically said you know i can't remember anything so so that was maybe the only big reason why people kept refusing and there were less than 10 people asked you know who actually turned it down it was more on you know the outside scene people we talked to like people from abroad and then uh, people who were in the death metal scene at the time who said yes okay sent in the interviews but they actually never replied so but that's their law you know and that's another story but of the actual scene well of course we didn't go looking for every demo band that was around at the time but we have you know all the major players of the time covered and it was also very easy with the background of me and kin have because we both have been playing finished death metal for for quite a long time so it was well basically when you combine me and him i think we know more or less everybody so it was making a lot of sense to do the interview this way and then uh, well i think you know the biggest reason for people not replying but what what you know the memory thing because they couldn't remember the timeline of things and they this is why they didn't want to answer but yeah but i think all all in all people were pretty enthusiastic about getting the stories told you know so the response was actually really heartwarming and, and uh, that was a big thing for me personally at least you know to see how eager everybody was to help and, and uh, reply and, and uh, get the thing going pardon my france but uh, the thing is about uh, people usually who have been into these kind of uh, diy things back in the days uh, when they were like 15 16 17 it's always good to you know like uh, Re reflect back and think about those things where the shit actually started and it's a good thing uh, that bands like amorphis abhorrent funebre and uh, disgrace Xusma, blah 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 all these bands they actually took a time when hey that was 30 years ago we were youngsters we actually did something fucking good about death metal. 
And I think they should be uh, fucking proud about that. Yeah, I, I was totally kicked. I mean, I remember one of the first times uh, Marcus and I interacted uh, online and he was telling me about the book and I was like, why has no one done this before? Because like you do hear of bands uh, from Finland, right? But you've already covered the reasons ahead. But, you know, while, while I was reading the excerpts that you guys sent and I was going through all the promotion about the book, you guys have covered like a lot. But I have to ask this question to you guys. Are you gay? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, the, the thing is, right? I mean, if you look at all these bands, right? The most well-known Finnish band uh, internationally uh, would be a band in, I'm not sure whether you all consider them death metal or not, but there's no mention of Children of Boredom in the book, guys. Nothing to do with death metal. <laughs> <laughs> well, that seals it. First of all, First of all, I think you're trying to insult us a bit here, but, <laughs> but, you know, so, uh, but hey, uh, it doesn't fit the timeline. Hmm. Uh, Children of Putin guys are more or less my age, and you know, they got started, you know, when the actual Finnish death metal first wave had already died, you know. So, so they started, you know, when something wild came out that was 19. 97, so I think. 90, yeah, 97, so at yeah. that time, yeah, uh, I think in those days, you know, the original death note scene was gone and buried and it was considered to be really untrendy music in Finland. You know, if, if you said, uh, I'm in a death metal band, you basically had no friends. So, <laughs> so, uh, so, that was, so that was just a different era. And then uh, maybe, you know, I think you were trying to put a big a joke on us. <laughs> hey, maybe it's this. Maybe it's what the sequel to this book will be. <laughs> True. <laughs> How yeah. children of boredom will finish Children of boredom, man. Children of boredom, right? Uh, the thing is that uh, children of boredom is a good band, but uh, I think it's a different genre, and they came. Ten years too late. Yeah. yeah. Right. For the books right. kind of thing. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Actually, actually, went to see Children of Putum uh, quite a many times around 97, 98, because they toured a lot. They played a lot of shows in Finland. They were energetic, and they had trash metal, bit of Sepultura, and a bit of Impaled Macarine. And, you know, in the beginning, they were quite interesting, and mm. I was following what they were up to next. But with time, I think they found a safe formula and how to be big on, on you know, mainstream. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I think, you know, they, with time, they lost the interesting aspect they had with their first album. So true, true. Uh, I stopped following. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Bad it's, not easy, it's not easy to be shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I mean, you know, th this is an obvious uh, follow-up question to this because considering not only have you guys been around for a while, I mean, Kina has been around for quite some time. He's seen a complete shift and now you've got this new wave of sort. We're talking about children of boredom and others. How do you compare this current wave of, you know, Finnish death metal bands to what it was like, at least in the 90s, in the area that you all covered uh, with the book? 
Actually, uh, I think these new bands, uh, especially in Finland, they have approached this kind of, uh, uh, how do you say, uh, emerge into the old scene. They not copying, but reliving the same feeling as like demigod or demilich or dismember in the early days they want to be in that front row of doing the things again and i think that's a good thing because uh, most of these guys are really good musicians and they have this kind of uh feeling to it like in the early 90s bands have had they're not just trying to you know trying to be copycats or revising things in the same way as in the 90s but they have using the technology of the day and they're actually sounding pretty fucking good. They're brutal, loud-tuned, good sound, and pretty much a good production and processes of their uh, doings. I think there is hope for death metal. And in a way, the time is a lot, not the same in Finland like it was in the early 90s for the, you know, the kids of today who, because mainstream doesn't really listen to metal these days. And it was exactly the same in, in Finland in the early 90s. Like metal was at, at the lowest of the low. People were more into pop music, aerodance, rap music. Rap music is a big thing in Finland in these days too. And then uh, like when my kids go to school, they basically say nobody listens to anything with guitars on it at school. So the kids today who get into get into death metal, galvanizer, cryptic hatred, you know, young guys who produce quality death metal, they have to actually be pretty dedicated to the thing because you are not getting too many friends with playing in a death metal band in, in 2020. And that was actually very much the same thing in the early 90s too. Uh, Finnish death metal first wave was pretty close circle. You know, not too many people in it. When you went to, when you went to different towns for a different show, it was basically the same people. So still in the audience, you know. So in a way, you know, the times are again the same. Like in the 80s, metal was more mainstream, and maybe in 2000, the first decade after 2000, metal was once again more mainstream. But now it's totally, you know, underground. And and uh, when you are in the underground, you want to produce underground kind of a music. And then uh, I suppose that could be a one of the, you know factors how the band they don't dream to getting into radio, you know, so you can be as you know, obscure as you want. Yeah, re release 33 copies of your uh, vinyl and that's it. Like, keep it that small. 
<laughs> All right. So, you know, Mar Marcus did a great thing for us. I'd, I'd, I'd hit you up for this. You've put together a playlist of like bands and tracks that our listeners should check out. I mean, anything you want to highlight from there, we're going to link this, put Spotify link in there, but any tracks you really want to talk about from there? Uh, well, I tried to pick up, you know, the early, there's, you know, most luckily for Spotify listeners, a lot of the early Finnish death metal albums have been really released with, uh, you know, the demo track as, as a bonus. Uh, but to me personally, you know, the whole essence of Finnish early death metal is in the demo scene. So uh, I, what I did, I did a little bit of a dirty trick there. I didn't pick the main album track, but I picked, you know, more like the bonus tracks that are, you know, the demo thing. And there's demos from Funever and demos from Pen and demos from, you know, basically bands who are more known for the later things. But like, like, but to me personally, you know, the, if I was to highlight something, it's the demo of Demigod, you know, Unholy Domain. That's probably the essential Finnish death metal listen. Or the first demo mm -hmm. of Funever, Cranial Torment, that is considered maybe, you know, that's the first finished death metal recording of all time. So, but if, uh, you know, if you want to play, go on the playlist, you know, you're not getting too many shreddy guitar solos or, or falsetto vocals from there. So it's like more like abrasive, uh, face grinding death metal kind of a thing. So exactly how it should be. Yeah, that was really cool that a lot of like the demo tracks that you talked about and we read about in the book are actually still available and you can listen to. So that's the beauty of the internet, I guess. I suppose so. I suppose so. Uh, Ken, I can actually tell how difficult it was to hunt down those demo tracks back in the day. Yeah, it wasn't actually <laughs> not that easily done. But because of... Uh, I have a long history in my past with a lot of Finnish death black metal guys and yeah, I got them tracked down and it was done. Okay. Okay. So on to our final question then at the moment, um, this comes from an interview or a chat that we had with Lauri Laksonen from Convocation on the podcast a few months back and I ended up discussing Sisu with him, right? He said yes, that it's one of the most metal things about being Finnish. So yeah, it's pretty much about strength and honor. Yeah. So for those who haven't heard that episode to all our listeners, uh, Kenna, what is Sisu? Can you explain what that word means? Uh, Sisu's inner strength, believing okay. in yourself and be an individualist, strength beyond power of being yourself. Okay, and so do Sisu and metal go together? Yeah, of course. Yeah, depends on the metal, but <laughs> I don't uh, personally. I'm into this, you know, uh, five finger death punch shit kind of metal bands, but. The true Sisu is, in my opinion, is more like, you know, believe in yourself and 
be strong enough to change yourself. So do you think like eventually uh, the word Sisu can be used to describe Finnish death metal as its own? Like maybe that could be a title for your next book. No, no, I think Sisu is more like a, you know, it's, uh, it's something in, in Finland you are, either you're born with it as a, you know, survival kind of a thing, or otherwise you're a fucking loser. It's a strength in yourself. Believe in yourself. Yeah, Sisu is about, well, you know, not giving up, you know, even when, when it looks like it's not much, you know, you can't think of things, okay, okay, this is not going to be easy, but you do it anyway. And I think that's Sisu, what it's all about, you know, uh, like Kenna said, believing in yourself and then uh, doing your own thing, following your own path, you know, and believing in yourself, even though everybody else tells, you know, you know, pack your bags and go home, but you so still keep on going. Is Sisu more punk and, uh, than And it is? I think Sisu is, is basically, Sisu is very underground thing. You know, it's like... It's a when primordial you, thing. Somebody, I think cool. in, in the 90s, uh, in the early 1970s, when underground movement came to Finland, you know, uh, they asked, you know, magazines asked people in the underground to describe what underground is about. And there's an artist called M.A. Numinen who said, uh, underground is something that mainstream people cannot understand. And, and uh, I think in a way that kind of like underlines, you need Sisu to keep on going doing things that basically nobody understands about and still you keep on doing those. You know, I think that's a physical thing for me. It's pretty much like the, the strength uh, that Manovar has, but putting more, you know, gasoline on it. That's a beautiful <laughs> that's way a be- to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, to describe that notion. Alrighty, on that note, Kenna and Marcus, it's been an absolute pleasure yeah. chatting with you guys. I hope you guys had fun. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Thank Bye. you. Bye. You know, once you listen to it, all that they said about Sisu still makes me think that heavy metal would be the perfect soundtrack to the Sisu lifestyle. By the way, Peter, you're not already working on a book about heavy metal in India, are you? Not yet. <laughs> Cool. Just wanted to, you know, just clarify, but because maybe like Marcus and Kenna, both of us were, and then we'd be like, oh shit, you have the same idea. And yeah. But anyone listening wants to fund this, please hit me up. I'm waiting for that advance to hit my bank account. Our bank accounts. Oh yeah, our bank account. (laughs) Oh yes. And if you've got an idea for a book, chat to us about it. We're all ears at hornsuppod.com or on the Twitter machine at hornsuppod. I'm there at Asmoani. And I'm at Trend Crusher. And this is Hornsup. Hornsup, guys. <laughs>